Hello, everyone. This is the CircuitPython Weekly for July 13th, 2020. It's the time of the week where we get together to talk about all things CircuitPython. This is my first week running the meeting, so please bear with me uh, as we go through the process. I'm Jeff Epler, and I'm sponsored by Adafruit to work on CircuitPython. CircuitPython is a version of Python designed to run on tiny computers called microcontrollers. Development of CircuitPython is primarily sponsored by Adafruit, so support them by purchasing hardware from adafruit.com. This meeting is hosted on the Adafruit Discord server. You can join anytime by going to adafru.it slash discord. We hold the meeting in the CircuitPython text channel and the CircuitPython voice channel. This meeting typically happens on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern time, but the date occasionally varies for US holidays. We have an online calendar. If you'd like to be notified about the meetings on Discord, let us know, and we will add you to the CircuitPythonistas role. The length of the meeting varies, but it's often from 60 to 90 minutes long. This meeting is recorded and will be posted to YouTube and also released on various podcast services. If you find the podcast is not available on your favorite podcast service, let us know. The recording includes the text in the CircuitPython text channel and the audio from the CircuitPython audio channel. The meeting is accompanied by a notes document. If you wish to participate but don't have a mic, or just prefer not to have your voice recorded for any reason, you can add your updates to the notes doc and we'll read them off. If you can't attend at all, you can leave your notes in advance and likewise, we'll read them for you. The document is updated with time codes so that if you want to watch or listen to just part of the meeting after the fact, you can skip right to what you're interested in. If you're just listening in, please let us know that you're lurking so we can skip over you during the round robin portions of the meeting. If possible, please update the notes document. If not, let us know by saying just listening or lurking in the text channel. This meeting is held in five parts. First, community news with links to CircuitPython projects and a preview of the Python on Hardware newsletter. Second, the state of CircuitPython libraries in Blinka. We'll look at numbers that summarize the health of our project and get a high-level summary of recent developments and future directions. Third, and the first of two round-robin sections, is hug reports. In Hug Reports, we invite you to highlight positive contributions from the awesome folks around us. In the round robin sections, we'll start with the moderator and continue in alphabetical fashion until everyone has had a chance to speak. If you're lurking, we'll skip over you. And if you have notes, the moderator will read them aloud. Fourth, status updates. It's a round robin just like Hug Reports. Uh, during status updates, we invite community members to take a few minutes to talk about their CircuitPython related work, progress, and plans. Feel free to chime in with quick tips or advice as appropriate. Quick questions and answers are perfect for this section, but for longer discussions, we would like you to take it to the next and final section in the weeds. For topics that are more open-ended, this is the section where we can discuss them. If you have something else you'd like to discuss, please add it to the end of the in the weeds section of the notes document as soon as you think of it and tag it with your name so we'll know who's starting the discussion. We cover topics in the weeds in the order in which they were added to the document. With that, we will continue to community news. Um, so the community news is kind of a preview of the weekly newsletter and sometimes some special highlights that, uh, well, that I find interesting. Uh, the first thing that I wanna cover is that we will hold CircuitPython Day on September 9, 9-9-2020. So stay tuned for more information and let us know what you'd like to see on CircuitPython Day. Uh, a summer of making. GitHub is working with Hat Club students to sponsor the summer of making. $50,000 in hardware will be given to teenage makers around the world. If you're a teenager, tell them what you want to build this summer to get some electronics to support you. Need inspiration? Check out what hackers like Lambda, Aurora, and Prithal are building. And there are some links that are going to land in the Discord chat about that. Um, this one I was excited to see. There is a wireless and USB-C powered CircuitPython keyboard. Uh, Maker Diary has developed this mechanical keyboard using the NRF52820 microcontroller, and it has connectivity both through USB-C and BLE Bluetooth. And it now runs CircuitPython, so it's fully customizable. Just drop a new file onto the flash drive that the board presents. And there are uh, links to a site where you can pre-order it. And they also have a GitHub. Uh, the Adafruit Discord server, that's you, has surpassed 22,000 members. Uh, 
this is the place where we do all of our CircuitPython development in the open, as well as uh, just generally support one another. And uh, it offers a unique way for us to connect. So if you haven't done it already, because you're listening to this podcast after the fact, please join us today at adafru.it slash discord. Uh, recently, maker Melissa uh, posted a YouTube video on how you build a custom animated LED sign assembly. Um, covers the assembly of the sign and everything you need to build the hardware. CircuitPython um, snakes its way onto uh, solderless breadboards with the Serpano. It uh, will... <clears throat> I don't know what this board is. Uh, it has a LED display, plugs right into your solderless breadboard, wires up the grounds and the power, and looks like it just does everything. Uh, yeah, also includes an LCD for data visualization. Uh, another upcoming board for CircuitPython is called the Orange Crab FPGA, which uh, apparently has an immense amount of RAM available. I guess that's its big selling point. Uh, and finally, uh, there is a blog now running on solar power. It uses a Raspberry Pi 3B Plus with sensing provided by an Adafruit INA260 sensor. And you can read about the part of it that depends on CircuitPython Blinka. The website is called Laurentius. The CircuitPython Weekly Newsletter is a community-run newsletter emailed every Tuesday. Complete archives are on GitHub or... Uh, actually, that's not GitHub, is it? That's um, the adafruitdaily.com. It highlights the latest CircuitPython-related news from around the web, including Python and MicroPython developments. We invite you to contribute. You can edit the draft on GitHub and submit a pull request. Uh, Anne B would also love your uh, tips on Twitter. And um, I forget what your handle is, Anne. It's something obvious. So let us know. So yeah, uh, send your tips to Anne Engineer on Twitter. And now for the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka, I will hand this over to Scott Tanute. Hello. Hi. Um, okay, so the state of CircuitPython libraries and Blinka is a section where we take kind of a statistics, hopefully objective view of the health of the project, uh, meant to ground us in kind of some numbers and some realities in case, uh, just to prevent us from getting too uh, excited and ignorant. So uh, I'll do the first two sections and then hand it off to other folks uh, for the latter two. So overall, uh, in the last week, we had 45 pull requests merged, which is awesome, uh, from 12 different authors. Some new names on here, uh, Marty McGuire, who is actually paid by Adafruit, so disclosure there. Uh, Dunkman00 has done a few things before and is continuing to do things. Uh, Arms22 looks new. Ar Ardin, Arudin is new as well. And uh, so thank you to all of those new folks and thank you to all of the 12 authors for all of those pull requests. Uh, we had nine reviewers, which is also a really good number. It's been consistently growing. And uh, we always remind folks just that uh, reviewing is, is super critical to the health of the project because the more reviewers we have, the more... Um, the more authors we can support. So we always encourage people to reach out to us. If you're interested in reviewing, uh, we'd love the help. We'd love to grow this nine reviewers number even higher. So uh, please let us know if you want to help out, test some stuff and take a look at some code and, and let let me know that it, that it looks okay. Um, so that's pull request wise. And then issues wise, we had 22 closed issues by 13 people, 12 opened by 11 people. So we're net down. 10, which is awesome. Um, we like to see that we're not like kind of just gaining and gaining and gaining. Uh, it's also issue triage and going through issues is really helpful as well. So if you're interested in participating in that, um, that sounds good. And then uh, overall, uh, I would say that things are going really well. We just surpassed uh, 22,000 people on Discord. The CircuitPython project is being adopted by more and more companies. Uh, which is great, and we're seeing more and more people involved, which is awesome. Uh, on the core side, uh, sounds like Jeff's making a lot of headway on the background task stuff, so we should be able to get 6.0 stable, uh, maybe not in the next month, but around that, I would say, um, if all goes well. So that's very exciting. Uh, 6.0 is going to be a big deal, and uh, thanks for Jeff for leading that. On the library side, we, we're, again, uh, just getting more and more stuff going. And I just see all the, these 
improvements coming through. Uh, thanks to Dylan and Katni. Um, so still growing and and evolving there. And then Blinka continues to to support more and more boards as well. So that's overall uh, on the core side. So just for the like core CircuitPython C side of things. Um, numbers wise, we had ten pull requests merge, which is I think a bit high for us, which is awesome. Um, and new authors, Arudin again, Arms Twenty Two again, uh, and I believe that's probably through translations. So um, thank you to them for for improving translations. And uh, Dunkman Double Zero as well. Uh, we had three reviewers, myself, Dan, and Higher Effect. So, um, like I said earlier, we're always looking for more reviewers, especially on the core side. So, if you want to dive into the core but don't know where to start, uh, any of us uh, who do work on the core, Jeff, uh, Dan, Dave, Lucian, like we're all happy to help you out if you if you want to do that. So, please reach out if you want to get more involved in the core. Happy to ramp people up. Um, Pull request wise, we have 17 open pull requests. Uh, a lot of those are new, so uh, it's pretty standard for us. Um, that number is a bit higher, but ideally, it would be uh, we would be a little bit through those. So, uh, if you do have open pull requests, like maybe 30 days older, old older, ugh, what is the term I'm looking for? Anyway, take a look at the old pull requests and make sure that they're still valid. Um, let's not. Let's try not to just leave old pull requests uh, standing by. Let's make sure that they're moving forwards or we can close them and we can still comment and stuff on closed PRs. So be aware of that. Uh, issues wise, we had five closed issues by three people and three open by three people. So we're just a net down a smidge, which is good. Um, last week, I think we we're up. So it's good. At least we're, we're going the right direction. Uh, we have 322 open issues, uh, which you can check out on GitHub. Uh, Milestone-wise, we have five issues not assigned to Milestone, and we're definitely not, haven't done our diligence to get updated to kind of our 6.0 plans. So um, I'll try to take a pass at this today and get us kind of up to speed for 6.0. But if anybody has uh, urgent issues that we should kind of block being stable with 6.0 on, please just uh, chime in and let us know because uh, I there's nothing super major I'm aware of besides the performance uh, degradation we saw with the low power stuff, but Jeff's fixing that. So uh, if there's anything else critical uh, to get 6.0 stable, please uh, let us know. Um, otherwise, I think I want to push to get 6.0 stable pretty quickly. So uh, that should be exciting. And um, that's it for the core. Uh, Jeff, do you want me to to MC the next two, or do you want to? Um, no, I'm happy to. Um... Okay. So for the libraries, we will hand it over to Katni. Excellent. Thanks, Jeff. I'm not sure what else to say because you will say everything. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <clears throat> so we had, uh, this is across all the CircuitPython libraries. Um, anything this Adafruit underscore CircuitPython underscore library name uh, is covered here. So we had 34 pull requests merged by six authors, including Marty McGuire, who is new to contributing to us, but uh, not new to Adafruit, and eight reviewers, which is excellent. Um, I'm always happy to see the reviewer number higher than the author number. Uh, it means we've got a lot of people involved. Um, the oldest two pull requests we merged were 157 days and 119 days, so that's really good that we are picking up some of the older stuff. And then the rest of them were a week uh, or somewhere between zero and one days. Uh, we had 15, that leaves us with um, 33 open pull requests. Uh, that is incredible, actually, because um, we were much higher than that last I knew. Um, so that's good to see. We had 15 issues closed by 10 people and 8 open by 7 people, leaving us with 165 open issues. Um, four of those are good first issues. So that means four of those issues are uh, a good place to start if you are new to uh, programming, new to CircuitPython, new to the project, um, new to Git and GitHub. Uh, all of those are uh, covered under good first issues um, as a good place to start. If you are interested in this information, check out uh, circuitpython.org slash contributing. Um, as its name states, it's a great place to go if you'd like to contribute. It has all of the uh, information we've talked about here, including open pull requests and all open issues across all the libraries 
as well as library infrastructure issues, which are sometimes little fixes that are um, necessary to bring our libraries up to standard, uh, the standard that we hold them to. Um, in the last seven days, there were um, a lot of updated libraries, too many to list, so we didn't list them in the um, thing. Most of it was uh, README updates or CI stuff. Um, there was a bad link to Discord in the README's and somebody caught that, so we updated most of the libraries. Um, so it's good to see that those are all released and uh, up to date. And that's where we are with the libraries. Thank you, Katni. Uh, and with that, I will pass it to maker Melissa to give us a report on the state of Blinka. Hello. So Blinka is our CircuitPython compatibility layer for single board computers, such as the Raspberry Pi. And uh, this week, we had one pull request merged by one author and one reviewer. And there were there's currently two open pull requests. I believe one of those is a draft one, so it may be a while. Uh, there were two closed issues by two people and one open by one person, leaving a net of 24 open issues. And there were 3,937 PyPI downloads in the last week. And we currently have 52 boards supported by Blinka. And that's it. Thank you, Melissa. And with that, we will move on to Hug Reports. As I mentioned earlier, this is uh, kind of our antidote to bug reports. It's a time to highlight the positive things that are going on uh, around us in the immediate community, on GitHub, on the larger internet, or indeed in the world. Uh, I will lead things off, and then we will go down the list in alphabetical order. I'll be referring over here to the notes document uh, to catch anybody who left us notes. And uh, when we get to the bottom of the alphabet, we'll go back up to the top. If I happen to skip over you by accident, please uh, speak up, drop a little note in the text chat, and I will get back to you. Uh, in any case, my hug reports for the week are a group hug and a big hug for Katni for getting me up to speed to run this meeting and uh, for being there to dive in if necessary. And uh, up next is Jerry. Hi. Uh, just a big group hug to everybody this week. Thank you. And Katni. Hello. All right. So first up, hug to you, Jeff, for running your first meeting. Going quite well. So thank you very much for uh, being willing to jump in and do that. Um, <clears throat> I have a hug report for Alvaro for continuing to uh, translate guides. Currently, he's working on the Circuit Player Gun Express guide, which includes other guides. So um, he's starting first with yet another guide. Um, and that's all been going really well, and it's looking like it's going to start driving um, improvements to the learn system in terms of how translations are handled. Uh, because right now we have to do a separate guide that's that is the translation, and um, they want to completely gut that and make it so that things load based on localization and that sort of thing. And so it's really good to see that they are. Um, that we, we basically needed to see some translations happen before we could make it a priority and translations are happening. So it's becoming a priority, hopefully, uh, in the near future. Um, I have a hug report for Melissa for helping me test PWM on Blinka and quickly fixing a bug I found um, to Madbodger for verifying my LED wiring diagram after messing up, um, uh, wiring up eight LEDs to a shift register pretty hard. Uh, I needed verification that I um, did even that was super simple. It was a single LED <clears throat> connected to a Raspberry Pi. I needed to verify that it was right, and it was. Um, and finally, to community moderators for continuing to handle everything coming our way. The Adafruit community wouldn't be the safe, welcoming place it is without this team. Any one of us alone would have burned out spectacularly by now, but we have the support of a team, and it makes all the difference in the world. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, Katni. Uh, now I have notes from kmatch98, who is text only. They say thanks to maker Melissa for her patience and debug support, and Foamy Guy for coding heavy lifting, and KGW for support in updates to label.py in Adafruit display text. Uh, and with that, I will hand it to maker Melissa. 
just a second here. Hello again. Uh, actually, can you get back to me uh, in just like a minute? Yeah, that would be fine. Uh, so we will skip past Mr. Certainly, who is lurking. Uh, I do have notes from Stargirl, who says hugs to CircuitPython maintainers for having a code base that is relatively readable. And that's not faint praise. That's real praise. So thank you, Stargirl. Uh, Melissa, are you ready? Yes. All right, okay. please go ahead. OK, I have a report for Carter for looking into some issues regarding the FT-332H. Uh, one for kmatch 98 for persisting the fixing the display text library. It seems to be working perfectly now. Uh, I have a report to Ketney for adding the PWM section to the Raspberry Pi guide, and also for finding the bug with PWM out on Blinka. Uh, and a have report to FEDE2 for putting together the election calendar project. And uh, all right, thank you, Scott. You are up next. Hello. Uh, hug reports for me first. A hug report to Stargirl for her first ban as a moderator. So thanks for joining the moderation team. Uh, always good to, to to bring the ban hammer down on spammers. Uh, hug reports Katney for documenting how to run the meeting and onboarding Jeff. And a hug reports to Jeff for running the meeting. Um, so thanks to both of you. Hug report to Greg Davil for helping getting CircuitPython going on the Orange Crab. Uh, I need to look into it further. I got a bit distracted later in the weekend, but uh, it looks pretty neat. It's got DDR3 on it. That's why we have like megabytes of RAM to access. And uh, he was telling me that he also copies all of the code into RAM as well because the RAM actually runs twice as fast as the CPU, uh, which is pretty neat. And uh, lastly, hug report to FedA2 for the election cal learn guide and to Maker Melissa for the remake on it. Excited to see that. I think some folks are starting to spot it, and um, we're making progress. I think we have about half the states. So thanks to Patrick and Felice as well for helping, and Aaron adding adding state data as well. That's awesome. it for me. That's very America centric, but you know, very important. It is, but um, and it's like most countries don't have this like patchwork of different ways to elect things. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, looping up back to the top, we've got a couple of lurkers. And after that comes Brent. Hello, group hug. And hug report to Scott for discussing some interesting ideas with me on Friday about CircuitPython and also running network API questions by me. All right. Uh, I have some notes from C. Grover, who is text only. And he thanks me for my work on Microlab, although, of course, it's uh, Zoltan, who really is do all the kudos for Microlab. I did a little bit of integration. And a group hug for the team and community. And uh, that brings us to Charles. Just a group hug today. All right. Thank you. And moving on to Dan. Hello. Um, I'd like to thank um, a user I hadn't CV4 Riggs on GitHub, who pointed out an issue with how we are doing something on the NRF 52840 boards that has to do with working around a hardware bug. And uh, it means we might have to reduce uh, how much RAM we devote to the soft device, maybe either reduce the number of connections or just reduce the size of some buffers. But that was very helpful. Uh, what they said. Uh, thanks to Kevin Walters, who continues to seem to spend his entire life working on CircuitPython and finding issues and documenting things, and also doing some neat projects that involve a lot of code as well. And thanks to Jerry, who sent me some spare hardware he had, uh, which has been going to be very helpful because some of the stuff is out of stock uh, all over the country. All right, thanks very much. All right. Uh, Dave P is lurking. Uh, I have notes from David Gloud, who sends a hug report to Tanut for the deep dive with Scott around CircuitPython networking APIs, and a hug report to Maker Melissa for the display I/O on Blinka and other mini PyTFT learn guide. Uh, Deshapu and Alvaro are lurking, and that brings us to Fomigai. All right. 
for this week, uh, I would like to give a hug uh, out to Scott for the weekly deep dives. Definitely been enjoying those on uh, Friday. It's a nice way to kind of get um, started going on the weekends. Um, TK Match 98 for uh, patiently working through all the issues in display text and fixing those as they popped up. Um, to Jerry for uh, his work again on the RFM 9X and uh, also the RFM 6.9 libraries. I was playing with those a little bit more over the weekend. Um, so definitely appreciating the work there. Um, to Dylan uh, Dihirata for automating the fix in the Discord links of the README uh, for most of the libraries this past week. And then uh, lastly, a group hug for everybody. Thank you. And last but not least, we have Hierofact. Um, so this week, thanks to uh, Scott and uh, Dahan Zamin um, for their help in helping in attempting to get me on WeChat. Um, sadly, uh, they spent they both spent a good amount of time trying to help me out with that, and unfortunately, I have been marked as suspicious, and perhaps I am banned forever. Uh, who knows why? Mysterious reasons. Um, but uh, in any case, their efforts were greatly appreciated. Um, thanks to you, Jeff, for helping walk me through the RGB matrix code and, uh, and reviewing the stuff that I'm submitting with my timer allocator. Um, and, uh, I hope I didn't like sound, I don't know. Uh, thank you very much for your help. And I really appreciate it. I, I, I felt like we got a little confused in some of those, um, uh, messages. Yeah. So, I, um, I missed the mark and yeah, that's, that's didn't fine. Need to, didn't mean to actually like imply anything by those messages, but I feel like I was rude somehow. So um, anyway, uh, and also thank you, Paint Your Dragon, for uh, their review help on the timer stuff as well. And um, thanks to IKEA for making handy furniture because I just moved into my apartment and I really needed that. So that's it for me. All right. That wraps Hug, hug Reports, and we are going to move on to status updates. Uh, during status updates, uh, we'd like you to let us know about what you've been up to in the last week or since the last time you had time to stop by and what you hope to accomplish coming up in the future. And, uh, you know, in this time of ne needing a little extra, if you have uh, something that is going on that uh, is positive and you want to share like a project you've been doing, uh, please feel free to drop that into the list. So um, I will start. We'll go in alphabetical order just like last time until everybody has had a chance to uh, give their status updates. So uh, as Scott mentioned before, uh, I've been working on this stuff with background tasks and ticks. That basically took my time last week. Uh, and this week, it is looking to be more of the same, but I'm hopefully in the home stretch. I think that the code is essentially ready on the uh, STM, no, not on the STM, on the Sam D family chips and is close on the NRF chips. And so it's just uh, testing some of these other chips um, and making sure that the basics work. And then once that pull request is in, uh, I've got a whole list of other fun stuff that I get to start on next. Um, and of course, I'm running this meeting. That's exciting. Um, and thanks all for bearing with me as I bumble through it. And with that, I will pass it down to Jerry. If I can find the unmute, there it is. Um, in the there middle it is. Of a really cool thunderstorm right now. So if I disappear, you'll know why. Pretty exciting stuff, though. And otherwise, I have no idea what happened to this week. Um, did lots of stuff, but none of it overly notable. Just uh, chunking along, but man, I don't know where the week went. And next week, uh, be more of the same. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. That's very honest. I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel the same way, but, uh, you know, try to say something. Right? Um, all right, Katni, how about you? You always have an extensive list because you take notes. Yeah, it's more that I have like a list of to do's and I mark them done and, and they have dates. So then I can say, hey, I know what happened since last Monday, <laughs> only because it's the only way I get anything done. Um, I hear you. So let's see, last week, updated the board files on GitHub for the TXB0104. The version that was up there didn't have the ground connected, um, which was either Rev A or Rev B. Uh, there's now a Rev C, and so that's been updated. 
um, created a fritzing object for the PCF8591, updated the BH1750 fritzing with product copy, uh, mostly finished the guide to running the CircuitPython weekly meeting, um, which is what you followed to do what you're doing right now. Um, started, it's going well enough. I think so. Um, started the guide for the PMSA 300i. Uh, first things created, the PCB files are uploaded and I ordered one um, so I can actually finish the guide. Uh, I got Alvaro started on translating the Circuit Playground Express guide. It's huge and includes mirrored pages from other guides, so he's translating the make code for CPX guide first before moving on to the CPX guide proper. I removed the PyPortal library from PyPI. I had done most of the work already, but apparently neglected to delete the project from PyPI. That's been fixed. Um, so all the stuff to get it to stop deploying was done, but we never removed it from PyPI. Uh, verify that I have the PM 2.5 air quality sensor um, for reasons. Uh, and I updated the BMP 280 guide with the STEM QT version. And I wrote up the welcome blurb for the Discord server and got it proofed by the team, so that's ready to go. So this week, I need to create an imitation Catney Discord account and join the Adafruit server to verify what the experience looks like so we can deploy the welcome channel appropriately and verify our upcoming welcome screen. Um, I need to set up said welcome screen on the Discord server to point people to a few key channels and a little more detail than the names. Um, update the CircuitPython on Linux and Raspberry Pi guide with PWM out, now supported by Blinkit, a pulse and LED and control a servo. That is basically done. Um, I'm waiting on a PR to pass, which I think is actually passing now. I haven't had a chance to look at it. Um, and then I add code and I'm actually done with that. And then I uh, like did that since um, since writing up these notes. And then update this CircuitPython servo guide to mention Raspberry Pi as it's now supported. Also done since writing up the notes. Um, once I receive the PMSA, um, I need to finish the guide. And then I'm going to be updating the um, PM 2.5 guide to use the fancy new library that was written up to uh, support the PMSA, which is pretty much the same sensor. Um, in a different house. So, uh, but the wiring is different enough. One of them is UART and the other one is, um, the other one is uh, C, C, no, I'm sorry, I squared C. So uh, needs to be two separate guides. Um, so the PM 2.5 guide will remain a separate guide and they have, but the content will be very similar and the code um, in theory will actually be the same. Depends on how gnarly it looks to have one piece of code to do both. Um, I need to figure out how to, so once I'm done with the, with the PMSA guide and updating the PM 2.5 guide, um, I'm going to be updating the contributing to Git and GitHub guide to have references to the main default branch and while still including master until we have moved the entire project over. Um, I've given this a lot of consideration and have some idea what to do. It's just, I needed to have some time set aside to do that, uh, which will happen after I'm done with those other two guides. Um, and then once the guide is updated, because I, I didn't want to move forward with changing any of the libraries from master to main until we had somewhere to point people on what to do with it. Um, so once that guide is updated, I will begin by moving a few highly trafficked CircuitPython libraries over to main and um, we'll have documentation to, uh, to point people to. So um, A, if you don't know how to do it yourself, um, you can check out the guide and you'll be able to help other people and B, um, the guide will be available. So that's kind of the plan there. And for a while, it's going to, um, it's going to have both because it's gonna be, we're gonna do this over time. We're not gonna do it all at once. Um, so just be aware that there's still gonna be references to master for a while. Um, and then I need to create the accounts to get the PyPI download stats going again. Just haven't had a chance to do that. Um, it's on the list. And then help a community member with submitting a library to the community bundle. And all of that is what I'm up to. Thank you. Uh, so Maker Melissa, you are on deck, but right now I have notes from Kmatch98, who's text only. Uh, last week, they made bug fixes and updates to Adafruit display text to eliminate zero-sized tile grids and provide memory-reduced option when background color is absent. 
This week, they plan to update the Sparkline library per Foamy Guy's recommendations. And in other projects, the demo revision one of the mechanical seven segment numeric display. And maker Melissa, how are you? Same as I, earlier? Uh, I'm good. I'm ready. I just was doing right. too many things at once earlier. Uh, OK, so last week, I finished writing the Blinkhead Display.io Pi Portal Library Guide. Uh, I built the election calendar project uh, on Raspberry Pi and wrote it up in a blog post. Uh, I fixed a bug in Blink uh, related to pulse width modulation and the duty cycle that Katni found. I fixed uh, Arduino image reader e-ink one bit per pixel bitmap displaying. And I started working on a couple of e-ink bonnet guides and I fixed a header name issue learning guide repo. Uh, this week I'm going to finish up writing uh, the e-ink bonnet guides and whatever happens to come out. All right, uh, Tanud is on deck. I have notes from Stargirl. Uh, who says she wrote a blog post about how to set up the ADC on the SAMD21 from scratch. Go ahead, Scott. Hello. Uh, on Friday during my stream, I added JSON that loads support for any object with read into. I just realized this morning that Socket doesn't actually have read into, so I was trying to oh, figure no. out. I was trying to figure out how to do that. It turns out request response objects can have a dot raw property that is a file-like object that should have read into so i'll uh i'll wiggle it through there um so it'll be fine uh i don't know like yeah historical apis can be so such a problem like socket has receive into it doesn't have read into um, yeah on unix there's some reason those are different and i think no one actually understands what that is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I don't either. So I think I figured it out. I just have to have a, add a raw property to our requests object uh, that, that can do it. Uh, so it'll be one small object allocation for it, but that's not the end of the world. Um, I make a pro good progress on the ESP32 spy reorganization, which has been my kind of focus. And I'm trying to get it all working uh, with it all kind of reorganized and re shuffled around and I'm having trouble actually starting a TCP connection so I'm going to look at that uh, hopefully today uh, but definitely tomorrow um, I need to disable the existing native networking APIs I don't want to use them uh, in 6 so uh, I definitely need to do that and then we'll be able to do betas once once we've removed all the 6.0 API stuff that we wanted to remove and then um, if that gets too tiring if the if the ESP32 spy Nina stuff gets too tiring. I'm going to start sketching out Wi-Fi and socket pool APIs, which will be the newer uh, APIs for native networking that will basically mirror the coprocessor Python level stuff uh, rather than having special special access at all. Sounds so. good. Mm -hmm. Sounds like enough for one week. I think right. it's been up for more than one week, but we'll, we'll, uh, I'll let you know next week. I, I will stream on Friday, so people can always check that out as well. Sounds good. Uh, bringing it around to the front of the alphabet, we're back to you, Brent. Hello. Last week, um, Scott and I talked about network APIs, and then Friday, or yeah, Friday, I got excited and updated MiniMQTT for compatibility with CPython sockets uh, using new socket pool and other things that Scott discussed. Um, I definitely want to reduce the amount of allocations uh, with like read from, and we're like generating a lot of byte strings in there, and I want to make sure those are fixed length instead of uh, variable. And then I'm also working through a bug with MiniMQTT, which doesn't allow you to send really large files like images. Not sure what the problem is. It could be on like the client's side, but also Eclipse's Paho does the same thing. So it's like oh, what is it? I'll figure it out. Um, but I'm taking a break today and I'm spending today looking at Jinja templating to generate code.py files. I'm starting with like a blink.py. I'm going to do like a web form to kind of learn how to do flash templating and then routing. And it seems like it would work so far. And I want something showable by Wednesday's show and tell. That's about it. All right, cool. 
C. Grover is text only. Dan, you are on deck. Uh, so C. Grover writes that he had a breakthrough with the automated Eurorack module cable detection scheme. The stable prototype is on the bench and working. It can detect up to eight attached TS input cables with or without a signal in less than one millisecond, converting the code to a library to make it easier to use. A new range slicer PCB design for the module is in the works as well. And he is trying to digest more of Microlab's capabilities. Have a couple of Euro clue ideas that will depend on me getting over a hurdle or two, particularly involving FFT functions. May need a brain transplant. Uh, we're always ready to uh, try and answer questions. So please ask him in the text chat when they come to mind. Uh, like I may have mentioned, Charles is lurking. So uh, Dan, you are up. Oh, okay. So uh, as been true for several weeks now, I'm continuing to work on the HCI version of BLEIO that lets us talk to the ESP32, which can come up in a, in a mode that, has, that runs Bluetooth rather than Wi-Fi. And also in the future, though it's not the goal right now, we could maybe talk also to um, Bluetooth USB dongles. So I finished writing the code to do advertising, and now I have to start testing it, and that's what I'm doing right now. And then after that, the next thing, the eventual goal is to a narrow but deep example that say we we should we should be able to run um, uh, Bluefruit Connect and have it talk to some board like um, the Pi Portal or the uh, Airlift, the the Metro M4 Airlift. And then the other thing that happens is, as is usual, people have trouble with bootloaders, and I look into various problems with them. The latest is that someone with a Chromebook is having some trouble. So uh, we'll see if that's worth uh, working on. OK. All right. Uh, Dave P is lurking. David, are you ready to try out your mic? Yes, William. I do, yes. OK. So uh, I've been playing with my uh, air quality sensor, so that's the PMS5003. And actually, there are two circuit Python library, one from Timaroni, one from Adafruit. And both fail on me because maybe I've got a crappy cable, or um, I lose some bytes in the packets, and then, then it fails. Um, and one code that works well for me is the learn guide from two years ago, because that one is retrying, trying to find the beginning of the frame, checking the checksum, and all kinds of nice things. Um, so yeah, I've made an inventory of what was available in Python and CircuitPython from Adafruit and Timorani, and I tried to figure out what's the best way to support that, um, and who should do the work, and maybe I would have to do uh, um, also, I've made some sorting in my office, and I found a mini PTSD 240 by 240 that was lost for the last three months, and a few other stuff. And so now I've got three devices which have um, 240 by 240 screen, two buttons, and DLE, which is a Pi with that stuff and the Bluetooth of the Pi, the Gizmo on a circuit Bluetooth. Express and the clue. So I was, so I'm going to go try to run the same code on the tree and maybe find a, a way to use exactly the same code on the tree. All right. Thank you. And we'll see you down a little later for uh, In the Weeds, I think. Um, let's see. I have notes from uh, Alvaro, and then Fomi Guy is on deck. Uh, Alvaro says last week the Spanish translation at 100%. And this week, testing new JSON library from Tanut, slowly learning, hoping to review one day. I, I'm sure you can review right now, actually. Alvaro, we'll be happy to see you do it. Uh, all right, HireEffect is on deck. Foamy guy, what's up? Right. Um, for last week, I was uh, testing out a few of the PRs for display text. Um, I managed to finish up the, the majority of the functionality for uh, my Gorillas game, I think I mentioned last week. Um, so it now works for playing two players on a single device. Uh, if anybody is interested in that, I can give you a link. Um, I got it published up on GitHub. 
Um, I also started on the weekend over the, the radio version. So my goal is to make it um, two player over the air with Delora uh, Featherwings. And I got it set up enough to where uh, one one uh, Pygamer will start up the game and then send the information over to the other one. And then it will sort of draw the same skyline on it. So um, still lots of work to do, but it was definitely really neat to see that get beamed across and then drawn uh, correctly uh, over the weekend here. A um, couple other things I did last week, uh, I added support in the PyBadger library for the Circuit Playground Bluefruit with a, a gizmo plugged into it. Um, I also uh, played around with MySQL over the weekend a little bit. I had never really messed with MySQL too much. Um, I was working on uh, reviewing a PR that is an example of how to store sensor data uh, into a database um, using Blinka. Um, and then lastly, I helped work on fixing the Discord links in some of those readme files in the library. Um, for next week, I'm hoping to finish up the wireless functionality in the Gorillas game and get that um, totally playable with two uh, Pygamers. Um, I am hoping to add uh, support for one more device to the Pi Badger, the Halloween M4. Um, I have a RTC breakout I want to get soldered up and uh, kind of figure out, learn the ropes of. I never really mess with them too much. Um, and then lastly, I got a couple of uh, items in from DigiKey this past week, and uh, some of those were the ESP32 S2s. So I'm uh, really excited to start playing a around with those. Cool. Effect, are you ready to wrap up uh, status updates for us? I am so ready. I was born ready. Um, I, uh, this last week for me was actually kind of slow uh, because I was moving. I am now in a Boston apartment, but hopefully things will be calmed down a little bit and I'm not in an office that heats up to 85 degrees anymore, so I should be a little bit more productive, hopefully. Um, I, uh, I worked mostly on STM32 timers continuing from uh, the last uh, week and a half. Um, uh, this last week was uh, I focused on uh, working on the RGB matrix code, uh, which was using along with every other uh, module we had for the STM32 uh, had a hard coded timer in it, and um, uh, I've been getting in there and, and changing it over to a dynamic timer to to match uh, pulse I/O and uh, eventually rotary rotary I/O. Uh, and I also uh, spent a little bit of time identifying a regression, which I thought was due to my code, but it's actually on main right now, which is a little. Uh, not great uh, for Pulse.io, so which is uh, no longer working and may not have been working since uh, we introduced the low power feature. Um, but it's not a super high uh, popularity module, I guess. So we, we just may not have run into it. Um, but uh, I'm working on both of those uh, this week, uh, continuing those, and hopefully getting both of those PRs in, both to uh, the Protomatter library and to CircuitPython, uh, so the new timer allocator is totally in there. Uh, I may do the Pulse IO regression fix as a separate PR just because the uh, timer timer thing has been in the works for a while and probably needs to wrap up. Uh, and then uh, after that, uh, I'm thinking about just kind of doing rotary IO really quick, which should be pretty trivial with the new system. If it's not, I may put it on hold. Um, and then after that, just kind of evaluating priorities for the STM32 versus uh, new stuff like the ESP32 S2. Um, and whether I'm needed on anything there or on IMX stuff or, or whatever else needs to do it. So uh, that's my plan for the next week. Thank you. And uh, with that, I'm going to close up status updates and we will uh, move over to the last section of this meeting called In the Weeds. If you have a topic for uh, that requires larger discussion, trying to uh, create a community consensus, trying to solicit ideas, this is the time for it. Uh, at this time, we have uh, one topic for In the Weeds. So I will hand things over to David Gloud. Are you still there, David? I'm OK. Um, so there is that nice stuff from uh, Gadgetoid. So Gadgetoid is one guy working for Pimaroni. And with a friend of his, maybe our third team, and they made a website that helps you check the pinout of various uh, Raspberry Pi hat, bonnet, and um, 
other stuff like that. Um, and it's a bit independent from uh, uh and I think the source code and everything is open source except for the logo. And I have similar kind of issue with the feather world, where um, well, Timoroni made a feather wing that is not compatible with the Wi-Fi list or something like that, because they use the pin for doing something which we need for something else. So um, with the, that world growing with more and more feather and feather wings, with various capabilities, um, it's difficult to know before getting the hardware if this combo will work or not. Uh, like, am I going to be able to use this and this and this? Um, and so, what is also inside Keynote XYZ is they made a multi stuff for the Pi where you can put multiple boards on it. And when you do that, you want to check if the same thing are in use or not. If you need twice the serial for something, then you cannot do those two together, like a GPS and whatever else. So yeah, I believe there is a need uh, for that, and somebody could work on something like that. Um, also because you've got the other food stuff, but you've got all of the other vendors which are also making feather wings or feather. And so there should be a central place, which is neutral, where people can submit their board, send the pictures, say which pin they use for what, so that, yeah, it's easier for the people. So. Well, I know that we have the website. Uh, I believe it's called uh, Awesome Feather. Is that right, Scott? Is that? I think so. I mean, that's just an, I, I, I think you, you are hitting on something that we could do better. Um, but yeah, there are a couple places that we at least catalog what the devices are. We don't go so far as like pin out conflicts. So you're looking basically for a compatibility matrix of some sort. And also a kind of inventory of all of the boards which are available from various sources because that's what it also gives you. Um, but you should have a look at, at you know, it's why Z. Um, I mean, it, it really helped. With the number of board I have for the Raspberry Pi, it really helped. I don't have that number for the feather well, but uh, I already found some incompatibility with the one, I, the two I had. So. Yeah, so I, I think there are existing lists of feathers and feather wings. Like this awesome feather looks really good that, that I think Anne's curated. Um, I think the the additional thing that we don't have is a good pin compatibility thing. Yeah, you would need to gather a bunch of metadata to say, well, this board devotes pin A0 to this function, or it's on the standard SPI, but it has devices at these SPI addresses. And that's a lot of metadata to gather before the, you can begin to show a compatibility matrix or do a compatibility check so you know what what is the work what is the trade-off um in terms of doing that i'm not sure uh, the, the the thing well, i don't know how it started with the keynote stuff but um basically once it's there people can submit their new board and mm -hmm. fill in some text and some metadata and everything is automatically generated from there so right. once you have the, the, the basic infrastructure started, then um, any new feather wing will be able to get there without too much work for whoever is hosting that. Then there is a work for the existing, which is uh, maybe you. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and it's tricky. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's difficult to know. Um, in advance that this is not going to work with it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's just an ID. Um, All right. Does anybody really have something else to ask, or did you want to go ahead with your second item? 
I mean, I think for the I think for this somebody's just got to start it. So I would encourage you to start it, David. Yeah. So that yeah, we well, would know, for instance, what the metadata format looks like. I mean, is is there like a JSON file for a board and it describes each pin by its position or something? I that would kind of seem to be the basic. Uh, the pin the are they've got a physical location. It's easy on the pie. Uh, and then, yeah, I've just checked uh, the markdown for the script describing the board and uh, what it does. You have to send the picture with a certain size. And then it basically says which pin are in use uh, right. for what. And right. then, then the compatibility is just picking out the same pin in use. Uh, it's a mm -hmm. four and cloud. Is the functionality um, of checking board compatibility something that is on pinout.xyz? Yeah. Um, it, I see it, how it, to look yeah. at particular cards, but not a compatibility check. Um, yeah, I need to find the link, but there, there, there is a place where you can put multiple boards mm. uh, together, and it will tell you that there is a conflict because they both use SPI. Mm -hmm. or, or maybe there is a Yes, and then, but that that kind of thing. Um, okay, I need to find that link. I will update the note when I find it. Great. Um, okay. The, the other topic is on uh, circuitpython.org. Uh, you've got all of those bots, and some of them are are partially supported um, because, or maybe we don't have the core everything in the core. Or maybe they use hardware which are not supported, like they do Wi-Fi on AC8266, or uh, they use some sensor that are not supported yet. Um, and the problem is that, well, when I do virtual shopping and I try to figure out what am I going to order next, I go there and hopefully I know I stopped hearing David. Me too. It's like it stopped. Still says green, but I can't hear him anymore. So I think um, in general, we're trying to be better about this, right? Like Summersoft just added the list of all of the native core modules that we support per board on the boards page like that's in there now and that's done on a per version basis and then i know that i've been more careful when i've been adding new boards with stuff we don't support like the wio terminal that like i add a note to the description that says like by the way this isn't supported yet um yeah, I did some of that when I was describing the uh, SAM E54 explained board because we've got the non-supported uh, CAN bus, the non-supported Ethernet, the non-supported QTouch, and maybe a couple of other items. Right. Um, and of course, you know, there's almost always going to be some aspect of the hardware that we don't fully support just because of the nature of how complicated microcontrollers are. Uh, right. I have a feeling that in the case of the Esperino Wi-Fi, um, I think we don't, you don't run uh, Nina firmware on the ESP8266. So that is the major block that's missing uh, there. David, are you going to try reconnecting? Um, or whether he can hear us just all. continue without us? Uh, yeah, somebody want to suggest him to try reconnecting? Um, so anyway, yeah, in the case of the Esperino, it seems like uh there's something major that's unsupported and it does seem to be the case that that's not called out on that page so updating that text and improving it would be a, definitely a good um pull request um and there there's there's the issue that's been filed but uh yeah that would be a good first project kind of uh revising the text. So thanks for noting that. How do I label it? Good first issue. There we go. All right, thank you. It's a new good first issue. 
Um, so it looks I... like you're trying to talk, but we can't hear you. Um, so I, I think it's fair to say that we recognize it's a problem, but we and we need just help adding those notes to the stuff where we don't have notes yet. All right. Well, I was typing a note to uh, David, but uh, probably I should uh, mm -hmm. move on to wrapping up the meeting since we are done with the items from In the Weeds. So uh, thank you, everyone, for attending. This has been the CircuitPython Weekly Meeting for July 13th, 2020. Our next weekly meeting will fall on Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Refer to that calendar if you need more information, and we hope to see you all there. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks, everyone.